Good to see all of you. Good to see all of you. Um, and, and wow, uh, like wow, praise the Lord. Amen. We have um, heard substantial testimonies uh, since last week's talk. Uh, people have been texting or emailing Jen, and she's been sending them to me. Uh, and they, were, they have been like um, amazing. Um, I'm not sure if you heard this one, but I'm not going to name anybody, but uh, one woman um, woke up in the middle of the night. I don't know what night it was this week. Woke up in the middle of the night, um, thought, you know, there was nothing else to do. Maybe I'll try some of those things we learned last week. And lo and behold, a man in white <laughs> appeared right beside her bedside. She was overwhelmed with peace and started to cry. She knew it was the Lord. Amen? Wow, isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. And here's the, here's the amazing thing. I didn't expect any of that stuff to happen until after this week. <laughs> so, right. Well, at least now you know who's in charge of this seminar. It's not me. Um, for those of you who um, maybe didn't, um, you know, experience anything like that, for example, or even went backwards, a lot of times when you try to do these things, you know, you're attacked and you end up kind of going backwards. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. This is a game, as I said last week. This is a game that we have to play every day. And it is a game that takes practice. And it is a game that, that we, we practice. And it's not about reading 100 pages of scripture so that we can hear God's voice. It's not about climbing the highest point in your community and fasting there for 40 days so we can hear God's voice. It's not about getting a theology degree, okay? It's about practice. It really is about practice. And tonight I'm going to share some techniques with you tonight that you are going to have to try and learn and practice. And as you practice them, you'll get better at them. And as you get better at them, like any game, as I mentioned last week, it'll just be more fun. All right? And then for me, as I mentioned, it's, it even became addictive. And this is all good because the more we hear Lord's, the Lord's voice, the more this community gets to grow, the more the kingdom of God gets to grow. Amen? Okay, I want to quickly try to get us back to where we were last week, okay? And for those of you who weren't here last week, uh, welcome, and hopefully this little three, two, three-minute review will be helpful for you as well, okay? Um, so I want you to fix your gaze again on the wonderful, remarkable portrait by a man named Harry Anderson that perfectly portrays what we talked about last week and we're going to continue to talk about this week. That is a kind of prayer that is personal and private. It's a kind of prayer that's very intimate and intentional. It's a heart-to-heart -heart communication, and it's conversational, okay? And it's the kind of prayer where we, it's the kind of prayer where I share my heart with God as Father, and he shares his heart with me. It's a kind of prayer where, where I, I try to explain what my will is to him. And I try to hear what his will is for me. It's a kind of prayer where I ask a lot of questions. And, and I hope to hear a response. But you know what? More importantly, it's a kind of prayer where he asks a lot of questions. He asks a lot of questions in this kind of prayer. And these questions are very critical. They're very important. They help us understand our own hearts. You know, yeah. if you hear a question from the Lord, you answer, right. right? And it helps you understand yourself. It's the kind of prayer that the, the, the spiritual masters called friendship. 
friendship. And it's also the kind of prayer that's attainable by everyone. Every single one of us here, this is attainable. Again, this is not for the great saints. It's not for people fasting up in the mountains. This is for every single one of us gathered here tonight. All it takes is a real deep heartfelt desire to want it. We really have to want it. And when you want it, he will not let you down. It requires that kind of desire. I, I mentioned to you guys last week that it is awesome to have victory in my body by working the word of God. Like you are learning here all the time. It's awesome, you need to learn it, and it's, it's just awesome. It is really a joy and a thrill. It is awesome to have victory in career and finances and family by working the concepts of faith and hope. We need to learn that, we need to work that, we need, and it's awesome when it comes to pass, amen? But I, I said to you last week, you know, I, I, as much as I had experienced those things, I wanted more, I wanted more, and the only way I could kind of communicate that to you was really how it was in my heart. I wanted a father. I wanted an older brother. And it was very, very deep desire of mine. And I I shared with you that the most important way to show the Lord you're ready for this, that you really want this, um, I don't know if you remember, but it was one key thing that I had to decide to do, and that was what? Show up how often? I had to show up every day. I had to make that commitment to show up every single day, right? And when I did that, he started to show up as well. And when I did show up every day, I didn't just kind of show up in the car. I didn't show up in the elevator. I didn't show up on my walk to work. I showed up with a, a place that I selected that was quiet, where I can be still and in silence and in solitude, right? Because we hear them sometimes, as, a lot of times, it's just a still, small voice. So we have to be still and silent and alone. I didn't, I didn't pick the living room with the TV on or the kitchen where everybody's making breakfast. I picked a place. Right? I picked a peaceful time. For me, it's the morning when my head was more empty of all the day's concerns and my heart was ready to hear. Right? I came into the Lord with a repentant heart. I mentioned to you last week that we need to repent before we speak to the Lord. We, need, we can't come to him with a lot of unforgiveness. Those are blockers a lot of times when we're trying to speak to him. Um, and I entered, like we just did here, amazingly, I felt like just kind of laying down on the floor for like half the, <laughs> it's so good wherever you are, band, um, worship leaders. Um, I enter into his presence with praise. And I bring paper, pen, or pencil, all right? There's your summary. Hope you all got that, all right? Tonight, what we're gonna learn is what happens when you've done all that preparation? Now what? I've got my place, I've got my time, I've got everything all set up, I'm ready to go, now what do I do? Well, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I'm going to give you five techniques on how to do this, uh, again, to help us get there and get it. Uh, we've got a couple of video clips to share with you, some stories to tell, some teaching to do. Are you ready to go? All right, let's pray. All right, bow your heads and close your eyes. Father in heaven, we just thank you, Lord, for showing up already, Lord, and we know that you have more planned For all of us here gathered tonight, myself and everyone here, we're looking for more. We want more more time with you, Lord. We want more intimacy with you, Lord. We We want more conversation with you, Lord. We want more relationship. We want more of you, Lord. And to that end, Lord, we just pray that you release your Holy Spirit into this into this place. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us and on everyone here. Guide and guide all our thoughts, words, and actions, everything we say, think, and do 
so that your will is done here. So the Father's will is done here and he is glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, uh, Joseph. All right. Uh, you know, I heard, I heard, I heard on the other end of that camera many, many times, you're big on removing lies in this place. <laughs> so I thought just a couple of more foundational things if I can. Um, just before we get into the five techniques, okay? I want to get rid of any lies anybody here is believing about a private conversational prayer with God, okay? And we're going to just completely remove them from your belief system so that they don't interrupt us tonight while you're trying to listen to me, okay? And listen to the Lord. Um, lie number one, I'm too young spiritually to have prayer like that, okay? There is no age limit physically, 75, 85, 95, 105, or 5, when you can hear the Lord like this. There's no age spiritually. In other words, I just came to know the Lord. I don't think this is for me yet. Not true. I'll give you proof from the scriptures. Samuel, in the book of Samuel, was a little boy. He was a little boy. And the Lord said to him, Samuel, Samuel. It took him a little couple of <laughs> a couple of times before he responded but Samuel Samuel and he said speak lord your, your your servant is listening and the conversation started amen so remove that lie every single one of you here if you just came to the lord yesterday you're ready to start to talk to god amen all right lie number 2 you're not worthy to to really have this kind of intimacy with the lord i'm not worthy of that um i i just going to remind you very quickly Saul, who, who became Paul, and you know this, was a murderer. And to make matters worse, he was murdering Christians like all of us, right? And, of course, the Lord spoke to him on the road to Damascus and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul said back, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus. Why are you persecuting me? And Jesus went on to give him instructions on what he's supposed to do. Conversation ensued, amen? If he can be worthy, who can be worthy? We can be worthy. Eliminate that lie from your belief systems. Okay, and third, it doesn't, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible um, that prayer should be conversational. It doesn't say that in the Bible that you could have conversational prayer. And that's true. You won't say, see anywhere in, in Proverbs, have conversational prayer. But you will find, and I gave you two examples. I'm going to give you a third one, my, fa my favorite, of conversations in the, in, the, in the Bible with a person in God. And my favorite is in Jer Jeremiah chapter 1. It's a beautiful conversation. I really recommend you all read it. It helps you kind of get into this kind of mind and thought process of how I'm going to communicate with the Lord. The Lord says to Jeremiah, I'm going to make you a prophet of the nations. And Jeremiah says back to the Lord, but I am too young. And the Lord says to Jeremiah, don't say you're too young. And then he says to Jeremiah, what do you see, Jeremiah? And Jeremiah says, I see an almond tree. And on and on the conversation goes, okay? So it is possible, it is God's desire to have this kind of a conversation with us, okay? doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter what sins you committed, especially if you have a repentant heart, and it doesn't matter uh, about anything else. He wants to have that conversation with us, okay? All right. And you might not believe it. Here's a real big lie I think you're all believing here, that God doesn't speak to politicians. <laughs> That's not true. Okay, I know you're struggling with this. But he speaks to politicians, at least a few, and at least in the movies. <laughs> he speaks to politicians in the movies. I want to show you a, a video clip of uh, a movie called um, uh, Evan Almighty, I think it's called. 
Uh, Evan Baxter is a senator, and he just moved to, um, uh, to Washington. How many of you have seen that movie? Okay, he just moved to Washington, and God, played by Morgan Freeman, of course, um, is trying to convince him to build an ark. The reason why I want to show you this is just before we get into the techniques, I just want to remind you of what this, this uh, conversation could look like. Okay, I just want to kind of get your mindset there as, uh, again. Um, so uh, we're going to take a look at that, I think. Right, Tim? Okay. So, you're really him, aren't you? You want more proof? I haven't done the pillow of salt thing in a while. That's all right, I believe you. I just, I don't understand why you chose me. You want to change the world, son. So do I. What? Why an ark? I mean, that's like flood territory. You wouldn't do that again. You wouldn't do that. Would you do that? Let's just say that whatever I do, I do because I love you. Well, then you have to understand that this whole building and art thing is really not part of my plans here. I need to settle into my house. I need to make a good impression at work. <laughs> what? Your plans. <laughs> what are you talking? I'm, we're talking about an arc, right? I mean, an arc? An arc is huge. I don't even know where I would begin. Well, I hear that a lot. People want to change the world, don't know how to begin. You want to know how to change the world, son? One act of random kindness at a time. Build the ark. I'll tell you what. You build it, I'll fill it. And if anybody asks, tell them Flood's coming. Oh, and um, you might need this. Okay. okay, so what do I do? I grab the wood. Oh, okay. You know, that's just cruel. Do you see him? I don't see him. All right, just to kind of get you back. I mentioned to you last week sometimes uh, when you do get into this kind of prayer with the Lord that all of a sudden it just kind of stops, right? Like you just saw in that video clip. And that's so that you come back tomorrow. We'll talk more about that. Okay, let's go to the next slide. All right, when, when we go through these five techniques, there's um, a, a couple of things in common. The same pattern happens through all the techniques, and we'll go through that. But there's a scripture that we need to talk about. This is the foundational, fundamental uh, whatever you want to call it, scripture, that we have to have in our mind as we're going through all these techniques. And it's this. It's Revelations 3.20, and it's Jesus speaking. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and open the door, I will come to him and sup with him and he with me. Okay? We're going to break down this scripture a little bit. I will come to him and sup with him and he with me. What do we do when we go out with, for supper with our friends and our family? We converse. We talk, right? We talk about, about things that are important in our hearts. We talk about things that are important in our day. We're just, we just talk. It's time to be together. It's time to share, right? 
So that's what we, we want to do with the Lord. And he's inviting us here in this scripture, open the door, I will come to him and sup with him and he with me. You know, so to me, this scripture is meant always that he wants to sit down and chat with me. Amen? All right, now let's break it down a little bit more. Let's go to the beginning. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice. Okay, so what is his voice? All right? Now, for, for this, really for any way, this is his voice. A picture? Sun, stars, moon, a picture of a store, a picture of a car, a picture, whatever, he's, he's giving you a picture. That's his voice. He's speaking to you through that picture. Could be a word that you hear, not in your ears, but you hear in your heart. Go, stay, be in, be in peace, son, I have this, right? It could be a word, it could be a picture, it could be a word. It could be a physical feeling. All of a sudden, you get goosebumps. All of a sudden, you feel really hot. All of a sudden, you feel really cold and chilled. Could be a physical feeling. It could be an interior feeling, a strength, a new strength. I can do this. I can do this. I just all of a sudden feel I can do this. And one of the ones I have had many, many times that I hope all of you uh, uh, kind of get a chance to experience is an overwhelming feeling of peace. I mean, I get into my private little place and my time and I get into that spot and, and it's just like, wow, if he's there, I feel peace. That's his voice. He's speaking to me. He's saying something to me that he loves me in that particular moment. Or it could be a thought. A memory pops into mind. An idea pops into mind. A thought pops into mind. For all of these techniques we're gonna go through here, this is, the, this is God's voice. This, these things, memories, thoughts, pictures, words, ideas, this is how he speaks, right? And there's many more, but these are the kind of key ones, amen? Okay, so now, if any man hear my voice and open the door, all right, if at any point in time you hear the tiniest little, you get the smallest little picture, the tiniest little voice, little feeling, physical thought, memory, word, idea, just a little, right? You grab that door, you open that door, you, and you say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, right? You grab that door, you open that door, and you let the conversation flow. You start to flow, Okay, the smallest little thing, because we are people of faith. We walk by faith, and when we walk by faith, many, many times the Lord asks us to take a step, a step of faith, we call it, and if we take a step of faith, he does a hundred things, right? Well, this is our little step of faith here as well, whether it's in the, in the faith world or in our prayer life. We take a step of faith as well. Lord, I trust that it's you. Right? We take that little step of faith, and he, it's his job to kind of do the rest of the stuff. Amen? Okay, so that, that, that's that. Let's go to the next thing. <laughs> Joseph. Okay, so now in the pattern we're going to follow in all these techniques is this. We're going to do our preparatory P's, right? Place, peaceful time, uh, enter in his presence with praise, uh, repentant heart, etc. That's always, we always have to do that or you're gonna get frozen and stuck there and it's gonna be desert. Um, number two, we apply the technique, the five I'm gonna show you. And in every case, when we sense something, and even the littlest thing, we're gonna open that door and we're gonna start the conversation flow, okay? I'm gonna give you several examples of this. And then finally and importantly, we write it down. We write it down for three reasons. We write it down because we don't wanna forget it. 
We write it down because we might want to share it with somebody. And we write it down because, as we saw in that clip, sometimes he only gives you this much of the picture. Right? Build an ark. See, I got to go. <laughs> right? So, okay. Write it down. And tomorrow, maybe he'll tell you what you need to do next. Okay? So, we write it down because then we can see in our journals the pattern and the way he's kind of starting to reveal this story to us. Okay? All right. Are we ready? All right. Let's go to technique number one. Technique number one. This is kind of like the train wheels. <laughs> but technique number one I use very frequently, and it's called walk and talk. So technique number one is walking and talking to God, just like in that clip I showed you where, more, um, where God was walking with Evan, and they were talking. Okay, it's just like that. I walk and I talk to God, and I talk out loud. Okay, now why would anybody want to do something like that? I didn't do it that way. Well, it makes a lot of sense after I explain it to you. Why do we walk? I use this prayer technique in the evening. I don't use it in the morning, very rare. I use it in the evening. And why do I walk? Because if I try to pray in the evening like when I was a rookie, <laughs> and I open my Bible, and I uh, kind of sit down or go on my side like that, and I start uh, to try to pray, within three seconds, I'm like, I'm sleeping. So walking keeps me alert. And I like to pray in the morning, I like to pray in noontime, and I like to pray in the evening, right? And in the evening, this is what I do. I walk and talk. So I walk so I stay alert. Now, why do I, why do I talk? Well, I talk because if I'm silent within my own thoughts, my mind starts to wander, right? It goes to the Leaf game. It goes to Jenny's, the, you know, the, the, the thing we're trying to do together. My mind's going all over the place. If I talk, I have more of an opportunity to stay on, t on topic, <laughs> okay? Number two reason why I talk. How many of you heard that when you talk, you don't think? Yeah. Sometimes you don't think. Has anybody ever told you that? <laughs> it's been mentioned to me a few times. Um, now, in real life, right, it's important that you think before you talk. But in the prayer life, it's not. I don't actually want to think. I don't want to be operating from here. I want to be operating from here. So when I talk out loud, okay, I can more likely get in a flow. And as I get in a flow, I move from here to here. Right now, it's my heart talking. Right, I'm not thinking anymore. I'm not fabricating. I'm not trying to make this up. Okay, so I literally walk and talk. Now, I do this outside, and if it's raining, I do it in my basement, but most of the times I do it outside. And you know outside why it's awesome for me? Because the peas are taken care of. In the evening, right, it's, it's, a, it's, it's quiet, it's still, it's silent. I'm on, on, my, on my own, there's solitude, right? So it's a beautiful place outside, and it's peaceful. And you know what, for me, to tell you the truth, like a lot of times if I'm driving home from somewhere in the evening, and I look up at the sky and I see those stars, like they call me out to walk right? And I go out there and I just say, <laughs> they are so amazing, right? And it takes me into his presence. Like I said last week, you know, a flower in my backyard could just like, boom, I'm there. Or the lake, if I see a lake and water when I'm driving, it's like, Lord, I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> Give me a couple hours. I'll get there, right? So I can quickly and easily get in his presence in the evening outside. 
because those P's are important. Now, if you're going to do this, and you're going to do this outside, I have to give you this really important um, tip. Ultimately and eventually, the police officer in his, in his, mo in his car is going to come by, and you're up there going, Lord, I don't understand why this is... And, and he's stopping, and he's saying, you have a problem, sir? <laughs> right? Now, um, what you can say... Right? Now, I'm, I'm totally, don't get me wrong, I'm all for evangelizing the police officers. There's, I'm for that, okay? But I am not going to tell them I'm talking to God, okay? Because I am a busy man, and I am not going to spend the next half hour in the back of that cruiser, right, telling them I haven't been drinking, I haven't been smoking, and I'm, no, I'm not a religious fanatic, blah, blah, blah. Okay? But you can if you want. Go for it. I get, go for it. I'm just going to tell them I'm just out for a walk, enjoying the, the stars, officer. All right, so... I do this outside. Now, next part of this technique, and this is going to be hard maybe for some of you to, to kind of uh, accept, but I really ask you to, do, to listen to this with an open heart. Conversation starters. Okay, I'm out there, and, and there's a couple of ways I start this conversation, and a lot of times I start the conversation. Why am I starting the conversation? Because I got to get out of here to here, right? I got to get out of the physical and into the spiritual, right? If he wanted to, I guess he could come and tap me like that, but I've been in the whole day, like, living and, you know, kind of working in this world, right? So I got to get out. So I start the conversation sometimes. Now, if, if, if I have something in my heart that I really have to share, like, it's really just a burden. I'm carrying this thing. I just want to dump it on the Lord, right? Something's bothering me, and I, I want to let him know, and I want to dump it. Then I start the conversation, conversation starter. I start it like this. I say, Lord, and I imagine him saying to me, what's in your heart, son? Right? And then I dump. Okay? All right. That's it. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a very, uh, uh, an example of this. Okay. Or if I feel like, you know, there's nothing like that really that I feel like I need to kind of get off my chest and I really just want to hear from him and I want to be in his presence. I'll say, Lord, you know, do you have anything to say to me? You know, I love you, Lord, but do you have anything to say to me? Is there something you're seeing in me? You know, do you love me, Lord? Like, I'll give him the chance to talk first, okay? So two conversation starters. Like I said, I mean, these kind of sound a little odd and corny maybe, but you're gonna have to see me kind of um, uh, ex uh, give you the example of how I do this, and I'll do that in a minute. What you don't want to do as a conversation starter is this. Walk outside, beautiful star, Lord, I love you. Lord, you know, I've been believing for that house. <laughs> and it just doesn't seem to be happening, Lord. And I've been really praying for that answer, Lord. And I don't really seem to be getting it, Lord. You know, I, you know what happens in that situation is this, right? The, the focus, if that's the first thing that's coming out of your mouth, right. the focus is on the house. Right. The Lord's kind of here. Right. And you're seeing the Lord through the house. Yeah. You know what we call this thing? Idol. The answer we're looking for is right is, is you know, it, we're, we're begging for this answer we're, and it's kind of come in front of the Lord and everything, the Lord is behind it and we can't see him. It has to be the other way. We want to see the house through the Lord. Lord, what do you see in this house? Lord, what do you see in my heart because I want this house? Lord, what is it saying that I'm not getting this answer? Is there something I'm not ready, Lord? You see, we're putting him, we're making him the focus, okay? So when we go out for this walk, that's a couple of things that we don't want to do, right? That's not the way to start a conversation with the Lord. Nor do we want to ask him when, okay? I learned this. I mean, I, I thought I heard him say then, and I thought I heard him say that date. I thought, but you know what I hear now all the time? I hear soon, and I hear trust me, 
right? <laughs> like if I ask for a date, that's all I'm going to get. And you know, I figured it out, right? Right, Pastor? He doesn't have a clock up there because there's no time. And he doesn't have a calendar up there because there's no seasons, I don't think, up there. So um, I don't even think he knows, right? So he's not going to tell you. I think he knows, but he's not going to tell you. He doesn't want to tell you, right? He could, but I don't ask for that stuff. Again, I feel like that gets us in a little bit of trouble, right? We kind of, when you ask for a date, you start focusing on that, and it starts getting closer. You start to get distracted, right? The date becomes an idol, okay? So conversation starters. So now what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you an example a true example of a conversation I had with the Lord walking outside so you can kind of see how this works. And it's a true example. And this is one of those days where, uh, I don't know, it was about five or six years ago. And I made some mistakes. I didn't look at some mail. I didn't pay some bills. I didn't do some transactional thing I needed to do with one of these accounts that I'm kind of dealing with. And I ended up having to pay penalties and fines and it was like a mess. And I thought, I I was really upset, right? So it's late in the evening. I go outside, right? Um, and the peas are all kind of taken care of, and I'm going to start a conversation with the Lord, right? And because I have something that's on my heart, as I mentioned to you, um, I'm going to say, uh, Lord, and I'm going to imagine him saying back to me, um, what's in your heart, son? Okay, so this is what that conversation went like. So I said, Lord, he says, what's in your heart, son? I said, I'm, um, I'm a little upset tonight, Lord. Like, I, I blew... This, I didn't look at the mail. I didn't make that transaction I was supposed to make. Now I gotta pay these penalties and now I gotta pay these fines. Like, this is not right. It's really, really bugging me. I feel like a failure. I feel like I made a mistake, right? And the Lord says back to me, um, is that it, son? Is there anything else? And I said, yes, there's one other thing, Lord. What is that, son? I said, I'm mad at the Holy Spirit. How come he didn't put that envelope on the top of the stack? How come you didn't tweak me, nudge me, show me, tell me, like something? Like I could have, I got to pay these fines to these people and I could have used the money for you, right? I could have used the money for you and now it's gone and, I, and like I feel horrible. I said that, this is the true story and I heard him laugh. He laughed. So I'm, I keep walking and I say, and I stop and I say, did you? Did you just laugh at me? (laughs) And he laughed again. So I kept walking and I said, I don't think that's funny. Why are you laughing? Right? This is a true story. I don't think this is funny. Why are you laughing? And he said, son, now I'm going to shorten this. This was a really long night, actually. I'm going to shorten this. And he said these words to me. He said a sentence and then he kind of went on to explain it. He said, son, I fix all those things in a moment right? And, and, it, and it, I knew who I was talking to. And he went to explain to me what I was supposed to do. And actually, that conversation turned into a whole financial discussion. I had no intention on talking about finances. But that night, I kept talking and talking and talking. And he kept talking. And like, you know, I changed things in my life that night from that conversation that went out where I just wanted to spill my guts and, and kind of, I was upset that as a Christian, I can make a mistake like that, right? So, um, I heard his voice. I grabbed the door when he laughed, right? And, I, and I, I'm like with him now. What, like you, did you just laugh at me? Okay, like I mean, I, I went with the flow, right? I opened the door. I trusted it was him and I went with the flow and let the conversation flow. Okay, Joseph, hit the next slide. Here's gotta be your question because if this is not your question, then <laughs> I don't know if you're human. The, um, next slide, Joseph. 
Maybe. Frozen? The question is this. Dom, how do you know you weren't just talking to yourself? <laughs> how many of you had that question in your hand? Come on. How did you know you just weren't talking to yourself? And here's my answer. I didn't. I didn't. I told you very transparently, I started the conversation. I imagined that the Lord said to me, um, son, what's on your heart, right? But here's what I'm going to tell you. Uh, it takes about seven to ten, seven or eight houses to get to the corner. By the time I was at house four or five that night, I was talking to God. And I knew it. I don't know when exactly it happened or how it happened. But because I opened that door and I started the conversational flow, at some point in time, the conversation went out of my head and into my heart. At some point in time, the conversation went from physical to spiritual. At some point in time, it was not me talking to myself anymore. And I know that for a fact. And you know how I know that for a fact? There is no way on God's green earth I could have thought of those things that he was telling me that night. There's no way I was planning to imagine him to, to laugh at me. I couldn't have thought of those things. I wasn't thinking of them. I got into flow. I got into conversation. I took a step of faith, and he came in, right? We have to, at some point, realize he is way, way bigger than us. We have to, at some point, realize that it's night. I've worked already all day. I prayed in the morning, right? I'm out there in the cold in the winter. Ask Jen and Jules and Caleb and anybody that hat, gloves, bundled, scarf, and I'm out there looking at the stars seeking God. Do you think he maybe would probably want to show up? Yes? Yes, he wants to show up. So at some point in time, we have to believe as faith people that's him. And especially when we have heart moves like I had that night, I know it was him. We have to trust it. What's next, Joseph? Listen to these quotes. The voice of the Spirit of God is gentle as a summer breeze. Another reason why I know it's him is because I've practiced this for so long. I can distinguish his voice from other voices. I can distinguish his voice from mine. His voice is gentle as a summer breeze. Oh man, it is the kindest, gentlest, sweetest, softest voice. You know it when you hear it, right? But you don't just walk out tonight and hear it. You're gonna have to practice at this, right? He wants to know you really want it. I don't know, he set it up that way. Um, the voice of, that was Oswald Chambers, a great writer on prayer. Um, the vo next quote, the voice of the subconscious argues with you, but the inner voice of God does not argue or try to convince you. It just speaks and it's self-authenticating. You know that you know that you know it's him, right? So that night, that walk I did, I knew that I knew that I knew it was him. It's practice. The more you hear it, the more you hear the voice, the more you can distinguish it from any other voice. Amen? All right, what's next, Joseph? All right, next. All right, that was technique number one. How's that one? Awesome. Way, praise the Lord. All right. Next, this is called imagination to conversation, okay? Um, a lot of folks use this, by the way, who teach prayer, right? Uh, not one of my favorites, but I use this too. I use all of them depending on time and day and how I feel, et cetera, et cetera. Imagination to conversation. What we do in this technique, right, 
is we get a, our, our favorite place. It could be a beach, it could be a mountaintop, it could be the throne room of God, whatever your favorite place is. And you paint all the details. So now we're gonna use our imagination. Who invented your imagination, by the way? Amen. So we're gonna use our imagination. I'll use the beach, okay? So the beach, we're gonna hear the waves, right? We're gonna feel the breeze. We're getting a flashback of Alex's wedding. <laughs> that, that, was, <laughs> that was a difficult day. Um, but anyway, um, inside joke. Um, but you know, you're gonna feel the... <laughs> The waves, the breeze, um, the heat, right? You're gonna just take in the sounds, the sights, the smells, everything. And you're gonna put yourself there and you're gonna bring Jesus there too. However you see Jesus, right? You're gonna put Jesus there too. You know, a lot of times I see Jesus actually as the, um, the, the Jesus in the passion um, when he was with Mary and he was, doing, he was building a table or something and he was working. I, I see him that, he was sweating, he was working. I see him that way a lot, of, a lot of times, I imagine him. He gave me my imagination and I use it, okay? So then a conversation starter, just like before. If I have something to dump, I'm in the one, I'm gonna say, Lord, um, you know, um, and he's gonna say, what's on your heart, son? Or if I'm asking him something, um, if he wants to share, then I'll do it that way. So conversation starter. Okay, I'm gonna give you another example of this one, okay? Um, I was in uh, my bedroom, or one of the bedrooms in our house, I can't remember, sometimes I move. Um, and I had my, my Bible open, and I had my journal book open, and um, I was, you know, kind of in the Lord's presence, and I felt that he was um, um, there with me in the bedroom. I didn't see him, didn't, I just knew he was there, and I kind of felt him say, come up with me, son, right? And as I went up, I thought, okay, I kind of stood up, and, and um, he, he and I were, Jesus and myself were sitting in a tree, okay? And we were looking down at me lying on my side on the bed like this, right? And, and I said to the Lord, because I didn't really have a huge thing I wanted to dump on the Lord or anything like that, so I knew that, okay, uh, my imagination's kind of taking me here, the Lord's taking me here. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you see in him? And he was, we were looking at me and, and the Lord said to me, well, what do you see in him, right? He asked questions, by the way. I've said that a few times. He asked a lot of questions. And I said, um, <laughs> no, this, you missed the cue. This was a really emotional moment. You weren't supposed to laugh. I said, Lord, um, um, I can't remember why I said this, but uh, he fails a lot right? And the Lord said, uh, yes, uh, he does. <laughs> you need a hug, Don? <laughs> You're not particularly sympathetic. <laughs> and then I said, and he doesn't move as quickly uh, as you want him to move. And we're looking at me. And he said, no, he does not. Um, I said, so so what do you think of him, Lord? And he said to me, he may not move fast, and um, you know, he may make mistakes, but he's ready now, right? You know, um, I went with it. I opened the door, I started to flow. Somehow it went from here to here. Somewhere it became physical, and, and from physical went to spiritual. When he said that, 
You're gonna see this again later tonight. It was a time when I was not sure where I was and what I was supposed to do with ministry and work. And I kept feeling like he was taking me to another level, but I didn't think I was ready. You know, and he was kind of trying to convince me that I was, right? And when he said that, I wrote it down immediately. And you know, the goosebumps and the feelings and everything I had there, like I'm having right now, um, it just said to me it was him. I know, I can hear his voice. I can distinguish it from other voices. I practice this very frequently, and so will you. Amen? Okay, next. That's technique number two. Technique number three is called divine reading. Uh, in the Latin, it's referred to Lectio Divina. Uh, many uh, Christian uh, movements kind of use that word, Lectio Divina. But it's divine reading. And this is divine reading. This is my go-to. I do this every day, every morning. This is how I usually pray in the morning. In divine reading, by the way, I, I need a passage. I need a passage of scripture, okay? But when I first started to do this, I would open my Bible and hunt for a passage of scripture. And no, that's not what I want to feel today. I want to feel this today. I want to go for it kind of scripture. But that, so that became a little bit more distracting and it took a little bit of time. So I have this little book I get, a little booklet I get once a month. It's called Living with Christ. And every day it has one Old Testament or New Testament reading, one Psalm. The Psalms are meant for people who want to pray. But it has one Psalm and it has one uh, gospel story. So I go there. Now, the key thing here is um, I am not trying to read to get to the end of those three stories. I am trying to read for the Lord to speak to me. So this reading is done very, very, very slowly. Not quick, if you're, quick, if you're going too quick, you're gonna kind of miss what the Lord is trying to say. And when you read slowly like that, you wait for your heart to stir or your heart to move, okay? It could happen after the first word of the first passage. It could happen after the into the second scripture that you're reading, it could happen into the gospel story. It doesn't matter, but I'm slow and I'm waiting for the Lord and I'm waiting for my heart to move. And then when it moves, I stop. I stop. I don't read the rest. I stop right there. And I dwell in it for a few moments. I wait there. A great spiritual um, writer, uh, Ignatius of Loyola said, savor that word for a few minutes. Don't go anywhere. Okay, conversation starter this time, not, not me or anything. Uh, it's more me uh, kind of you know, imagining anything. It's me saying, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? Why did you have me stop here? Now, obviously, there's a lot um, in the scripture itself, right? So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He, he um, makes... Uh, makes me, brings me next to still waters. Um, you know, the Lord is my shepherd over. You get a feeling that he's holding you, he's carrying you, right? And you just dwell on that, okay? Those who, are, those who are led by the Spirit are children of God, right? And, and you feel those who are led by the Spirit, and I, you stop. All of a sudden, my heart moves. Am I led by the Spirit, Lord? What are you trying to say to me? Have I not been following... So I dwell in it, I savor it, I work it, I sit there, and then I wait. And again, the same thing. If I sense anything, a picture, a word, a thought, a memory, an idea, any little, little thing, I open the door and I respond and I start to converse. 
okay? You see the same pattern over and over and over again. It's just the little techniques that I'm changing to get there, it, but it's to start the conversation. And right as I start the conversation, ultimately it goes, it becomes me and him. And then I write it down, okay? Sound good? Now, a couple of points on this. Um, I have actually spent a month on one line. And if that line is still not done and it's still talking to me and every time I open it back up, I'm gonna stay there. So there's, again, you get the point, no rush here. You can spend an eternity in Psalm 23, you can spend a lifetime in Psalm 1, and you can spend at least, at least a couple of decades in Psalm 37. Like, I mean, there is just, there is all, it's amazing, right? It's filled with a prayerful man, right, who was, who was kind of writing to the Lord and about the Lord, and, and it's just so powerful. So I don't move if I don't need to move. Now, some people have asked me, well, why don't you just use those Devo reflections? You know, you get the, the book, and it's got the little scripture, and it kind of explains everything about how you should be feeling at that moment in time, right? And I'm not, I shouldn't have said that. That's not true. Like, I, um, they're good, but I don't like to use those because I don't want them to kind of tell me what the, the Lord is trying to say. But I will tell you, though, if, if I'm struggling or nothing's coming today and it's just a dry day, I will go to those Devo books and I'll have somebody explain a scripture to me, right? And then I, I will, and you know, again, I wait for a little movement of the heart. If I sense something, I open the door, start conversation, and let the conversation flow. Um, now, another thing I do if I'm not getting anything I go back to what I got the last time I had an amazing day. <laughs> I go back in my journals, I flip back three days, and I read, oh, Monday was awesome, right? And I read it again, and you know what? How many times, like, he's brought me right back, and another conversation kind of starts, right? So another little tip or trick that I use. Um, uh, you know, I have rarely... Uh, it's happened so infrequently, I can't even think, it may be once or twice a year, where I leave that prayer session without peace. Right? Sometimes it's dry and nothing happens, and it's amazing. He's so faithful to those of, him, those of us who come and meet him every day. And I say, Lord, I, you know what? It's been kind of, it's been quiet today. Um, you know, I, I gotta get to work. I gotta get this meeting going and yada, and yada, yada. And, you know, he'll just kind of jump up and say at me, you're exactly where you need to be, son, right? And boom, I hit the ground running, right? He's amazing. He's very faithful to us when we show up and visit him uh, in that way. Okay, amen. That's number three. We okay still? All right, let's go to number four. Okay. This is called, it's putting two of them together. It's using your imagination and it's also using the scriptures, and it's called scriptural imagination. And in the, um, some circles, it's called the Ignatian meditation technique. All right? Again, we have a passage of scripture, but in this particular case, we're looking for more of a narrative passage, a story, or something like that. Like an Old Testament story, but the gospels are great for these, okay? Now, here's what I do. Read the story very slow. I take in everything that's going on in that story, and then I use my imagination again, and I become a person in that story. I become, um, you know, somebody on the boat with Jesus. I become Peter. Or I just become an extra character and I'm watching from the side. Now, I've read it really slow. I've kind of taken the whole story in. 
I close my eyes and I start to kind of imagine myself there. Somehow I decide whether to be a character like the Holy Spirit leads me or I'm just watching from the side. I feel the heat, I feel the wind, I feel the waves, I feel the water, I feel everything, right? I make it all come to a, a, as alive as I possibly can, okay? Now, um, the best way for me to show you this is to, to kind of give you another example of exactly what happened to me. So I'm gonna give you some background of this story, okay? Um, 1998, I quit my job and started this business that I still do to this day, and um, the business just boomed, right? In four years, uh, praise the Lord, um, I tripled my salary, uh, paid off my debt, uh, all, all my, I was debt-free. I showed a picture here one day many years ago when our mortgage came back. It was signed by somebody, M. Jesus. <laughs> do you remember that? Right? And you know what? Four years, and I had tied three, we had, Jenny and I had tied three years before that all happened, and there was nothing. Furniture trucks were coming in the neighborhood, brand new vans were happening everywhere, and nothing happened. But I was, you know, I wasn't going to quit tithing, yeah. right? And, um, you know, the Lord put it on my heart to quit this job. Jenny was behind me, and the kids were like three or something like that, seven and four or something like that. And, you know, off we went. And we opened this business and we were blessed in four years and, and, and praise the Lord for all that. Um, but um, I had an offer after four years to, to stay and to take on another two-year contract and lead this massive, massive program they had. And I was at that time at London Life. I don't know, it's called Freedom 55 Financial today. But at London Life in London, Ontario. Now the way this thing worked with us, with our family, the kids were little, I took an apartment there. We lived in Grimsby, but I took an apartment in London right? And that apartment, um, every other week, Jenny and the kids would come and stay all week there, and on the weekends, I would always go home, but I would stay there every other week by myself, except for the weekend, I would go home. It got, it got to be after four years, right? Julia was getting to be about 11 or 12 at that time, I can't remember, but it started to get a little bit harder to navigate now that the kids were older and getting involved in a lot of stuff. So I get this massive offer, Stay for two years, more money than I, like, it was a ridiculous offer, right? And um, they were going to give me all this real estate in the, in the company for my office. They were going to give me admins. It was, like, amazing, right? And I wanted it. Now, unbeknownst to me, at the same time, not pastor, not pastor, then just Tina and Ian, right, were uh, praying with Jenny, right? Uh, don't know why they didn't include me, but they didn't, <laughs> right? Right? So they're praying together, and I guess, and they're not even pastors. I don't even know how they got this conclusion. But they conclude, uh, through their collusion, that um, I'm not supposed to take any more contracts. Right? So they, they call me. Uh, do you remember this? They call me and ask me into a meeting on the phone. Right? And I'm in London in my apartment, and, and Jenny's in Grimsby, and these guys are in Fort Erie here, I guess, and, and on the phone. And I'm saying, you know, it's this, it's huge, it's God, I'm like, I am thrilled, right? And they're like, you know, I know, it's so good, the Lord is so faithful, but I kind of, we kind of got, all got a sense that you shouldn't be taking this contract, right? No, no, that can't be, right? That can't be. No, 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 I think you better pray about it. This is what we're sensing. Okay, you guys hang up, me and Jenny on the phone. Jen, what's going on here? Um, So anyway, this is what happened. I am, I am suddenly and immediately lost, dazed, and confused, 
right? I am praying, I am seeking the Lord every day, I'm walking this walk, and I'm lost days, this is about 2002, four years after 1998, and I, I go to pray in the morning, right, and it's all about this job, and I can't see the Lord, and, and you know, I'm, I'm asking about the job, and I'm talking about the job, and how come they said this about the job? That's not what I feel. I journal, do they journal? <laughs> like, come on, right, and it's all about this thing. So I am like struggling like crazy, all right? Um, enter blind Bartimaeus, right? I'm kind of uh, today, and I'm desperate, so I don't know why for this particular moment I decided to do this imagination uh, scripture technique. Blind Bartimaeus um, uh, had a, a, you know, a somebody next to him, and the Lord was coming into the town, and, and Bartimaeus says, uh, son of David, have mercy on me, really loud. And he says it again. And the person next to him says, you know, shh, you're gonna bother the master, right? But he says it again even louder. And then Jesus stops and calls somebody to get him and bring Bartimaeus to him, right? So I put myself into this story, all right? Now remember what I told you. Sometimes it's my work, but eventually it goes from here to here, right? All right, so I put myself into this story and, and you know, I, I kind of was the guy next to Bartimaeus, so he yells, son of David, have mercy on me. And he does it again, and I, I kind of turned to him, and I said, you know, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> and, and, and then he does it again. And then Jesus says, stop, bring him to me, right? So now I'm walking with Bartimaeus, and he can't see, right? So I'm guiding him to Jesus, right? And I bring him right to the front of Jesus. And the next thing I see is me on my knees like this, saying, Lord, and he said to me exactly what he said to Bartimaeus. What would you have me do for you? And I said, you know, I want to be with my family and do this business at the same time. I, I don't see how this can be. And he said, I can do that for you. Trust me. Right? My heart jumped. I felt his presence. I knew it was him. I wrote it down. Right? I quit that job. I didn't take that offer. Let me tell you when you know it's the Lord. I, I talked to these guys, we discerned it again, you know, because discernment's important. We're gonna talk about that in a few minutes. Um, let me tell you when you know it's the Lord. Um, he, he called me in, into his office, the boss guy, the vice president or whatever he was, and he said, you know, uh, are you sure? You're gonna walk away from this. I said, yes. He offered me more money, more stuff, right? I said, I, I'm kind of laughing now, and I said, I can't, right? So he says, I can't believe it. And I told him that I felt in my heart it's not where the Lord wanted me to be, right? He wasn't really a Christian per se, but he knew, right? Um, so I, I, I leave that office, I walk out of that office, I shut the door, I remember like being on a cloud. I remember, I, could, I went to my desk to sit down to start work and I couldn't. I had to walk and think, God, I am so pumped. I just walked away from like a fortune. I am so thrilled, right? I am so excited. I, and I'm, I'm walking around talking to God and I could not come down. So then when I finally sat down, I mean, the Lord was all over me, right? And I knew that I knew that I knew, which I already knew the day before when I, or whenever it was the week or two before when I actually had him speak to me and ask me that question directly. I can do that for you. All right, let me tell you, I quit that job on July, June 30th July 1, 
I went to the lake to pray to the Lord and it's like, okay, now what? <laughs> now what do we do? So um, uh, he started to teach me all summer about trust. Uh, and I, I learned so much about trust. But I'll tell you what else happened. Uh, within a couple of months, or within a couple of weeks, I got a, um, you know, a phone call that I was accepted to go to Kenya with uh, an organization called Renewal Ministries, which I serve on now as a member of their board, right? That was the first time I really got involved in their ministry, right? And that was in August, and I spent 17 days there. And then later on that year, I, I didn't get another contract to December. My dollars went all the way to zero, <laughs> right? But later on in that year, in early December, I guess it was, Julia had her flesh-eating disease, right? And I was able to, to fast with Jenny and fight and fast and fight with Jenny and Jessica and Tina and Ian then and Alex and Jesse and everybody and Elizabeth. We all fought together for her. Um, and it was amazing, right? Um, I don't know, it would have been hard in my job to walk away for seven days. I would have, but like I was free to go to Africa, free to fight for my daughter, right? And what other, the other thing that was cool about that was the contract that came right when I got to zero was in Toronto and it opened the door to a whole new market for me, yeah. right? It's amazing. All because I commit to daily prayer with the Lord and I also, also because I trust that little sense that I feel, the littlest thing, and I go with it. I open the door and I start to flow and I let that conversation flow and I write it down. Okay, amen? All right. Um, let's go to the next slide. All right. Now, this, is, this for me is my favorite thing. It's technique number five. We're at the end. And it's all the techniques kind of put together. But what I'm going to say to you, I've been saying to you over and over for two weeks, and then I write it down. And then I write it down. And then I write it down. Well, truthfully, it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes I write it as I go. This is called dialogue journaling. And in any of those techniques, except the walking and talking where you're outside and it's kind of hard to write at the same time, um, any of those techniques... I have my journal book open and my pen in hand, and I use a pen. I, I said pencil a few times, because for those of you who draw, but I use a pen, because what I write down, I trust. I'm not going to rub it out, and I'm not going to let anybody else rub it out for that matter. So I, I use a pen, okay? And what happens in any one of those scenarios where I sense my heart move, Lord, your servant is listening. If whatever I hear him say, I start to write it, right? I'm not listening here, I'm writing. I write for the same reason as when I was walking and talking, because the act of writing allows us to focus. The act of writing allows the flow to start. The act of writing, let, if the flow starts, we get out of our head and we go into our hearts. So I start to write, okay? Um, Mark Verkler, who's, you know, in, the pro in um, I don't know where he teaches, all over the world, I guess, eh? He teaches all over the world. He calls this um, tuning into spontaneity, um, that the Lord speaks spontaneously. You've heard me kind of, kind of describe that over and over tonight, yeah. spontaneously. Well, not just when you're walking and talking, not when you're just quiet with your eyes closed, but when you're writing as well. So I do this all the time, and I write both sides of the conversation. If it's him, I put a little square bracket next to it so I know it's him, Okay. Now, I have, to, I have to explain two things to you. Sometimes if I write this way, he gives me one word, and that's it. Sometimes it's a sentence, sometimes it's pages. I don't know, it's his choice. 
okay? Number one. Number two, this is not automatic writing. The, um, the, 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 the evil one has like a counterfeit for everything we do. And he's got a counterfeit for this. It's called automatic writing. If you go to the internet, you'll find all out about it. You stick your hand in a page and let your hand write. But we, are, we do nothing without the Holy Spirit. We do nothing without Jesus Christ. And we do nothing without being in the presence of the Father. This is not automatic writing. So if you start using this technique and people say, oh, no, you say, Holy Spirit. And he guides my hands. Amen? Okay, so it's not automatic writing. Now, I'm going to give you some examples. I've been transparent with you, but now I'm going to go to another level of transparency. <laughs> okay, because I feel like it's hard to explain these things uh, without kind of showing you the examples, all right? So let's go to a couple of my dialogue journaling. Next, Joseph. Okay. I, you probably can't see that, but I'm going to read. So this one is Romans chapter 8, 13, 14, 15, something like that. For those, for all who are led by the Spirit, you are sons and daughters of God. I got stuck on lead that day. I got stuck on lead by the Spirit. I gave you a little preview of this, but here's the, the full conversation that day, okay? I said, Father, am I led? Why would you think not, son? I don't know. I, I am... <laughs> You know, when I practiced, uh, I don't remember this being funny. <laughs> what is going on? All right, it's cool. As long as you're all having a good time and you're getting it, I'm happy. Um, um, why would you think not, son? I don't know. Uh, I am in you, with you, leading you. Yes, but am I following? Not perfectly, but well. Uh, how, Papa? Tell me. You visit me every day. Uh, not with supplications and requests, but just to know and just to be with me, to hang out. Nothing is more important to me. You minister to those who are in need and show and tell that the glory, that the glory belongs to me. You pray for those who work for you and with you, etc. Is it enough, Father? Is it right? I should have said at this point in time, I am struggling as to where I'm supposed to go in my ministry right, in my work. I kind of felt like he was trying to take me to another level, and I kind of was struggling to see if I was ready, if it was time, et cetera, et cetera. Is it enough, Father? Is it right? You are where you need to be, son. You are trained and ready. Not perfect, but ready. And I wrote four, question mark, in a moment, son. In a word, son. It will, things will clarify. They always clarify. And now, you're where you need to be. Keep looking forward. You can't, can't see the rest. Keep looking forward. Keep moving forward. You know, if God is speaking to you like that every day, you, you end up with a sense of confidence. You end up with a, strength, a, a sense of strength. You get a sense of peace. Okay, he's, tell, he's so big. He's so capable. He could tell me if I'm messing up, amen? But he isn't telling me that. Again, I'm visiting him every day. I know this is his voice. I know it. I know it because I can distinguish it from others. Let me give you another one. Now, this is a day where, um, these are from April 2016, by the way, when I was kind of going through this thing, just recently. Um, and this was in the same time frame with the previous one. Now, this one, as you can see, is a little less of a dialogue and a little bit more of him, him just kind of speaking to me. So let me read this one to you. Everything changes in a moment, son. 
You know, like when you get the things like that over and over and over in prayer, you start to get expectant. You start to get ready. You start to think, I'm going to have everything in place because at the moment, which he isn't telling me when that moment is, I'm going to be ready. And you know what? You saw it already twice in this very short period of time. Everything changes in a moment, son, on a word. Captains like you are ready for it because they are people of integrity. And they are the same in good times and in difficult times. They pray the same. When they are knocked down, they get up. They never quit, no matter what the score is. And they wait for that moment, that word that they know, based on the word that I gave them, is coming. They know it's coming. They are wise. They are aware the enemies of the enemy's plays and tactics. They are selfless. They are about team, more so than themselves. This, my captain, is a captain. This, my captain, is you. And of course, being the faithful man, I really, Father? <laughs> really, Jesus? And he says, read it again. Um, I will do my best by your grace and your Holy Spirit. Um, I do my best to improve. What do I need to do to improve? Do all these things more and better. All right? Um, he was encouraging me. I wasn't sure. It was a time of doubt and confusion, whether I've kind of maxed out where I'm at, where I'm supposed to be, just kind of chill. But he was kind of getting me ready. He was taking me to another level. He was saying it would happen in a moment, right? This isn't stuff that happens, by the way, in one morning, right? I don't know how long this process went on. It probably went on for a month or two, but I did it with him, and we did it together. All right, amen. What's next, Joseph? So discernment. These are, you know, um, I, you, you can kind of get the sense for me, everything that is happening to me in this prayer life I believe it and I trust it and I stand on it for sure. But we have to discern everything. It's part of the Christian walk. It's part of living in community. It's part of living in a corporate world, in a corporate church world. We have to, we have to discern everything. You heard uh, with this issue with me uh, leaving London and, 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 and leaving that job behind, how we were discerning this together many, many times. I'm so blessed that um, these two and Jenny, um, we do this thing together. Um, so it must be discerned. But here's what I want to distinguish. In process, while I'm praying, I trust it. I, I trust it. He's bigger than me. I, I've trusted. I've done my part. I trust it. I hear sense, a little, a little thing, and I, I open the door. I go with the flow. I let conversation. I'm not going to sit there within an hour or whatever my prayer time is in the morning and, and start wondering, oh, Lord, that was me. I'm just going to go with the flow. All right? I trust it. But I am not going to sell the house. I am not going to quit the job. I am not going to, you know, move to Africa. I'm not going to do anything like that, obviously, without discernment. So discernment is important in all these things. So um, uh, here's what we need to know about discernment. There's two ways to discern all this stuff. He is not going to say anything to us that's contrary to Scripture. Okay? He's not going to tell us to sin. He's not going to tell us to cheat or lie. He's not going to tell. If you're getting stuff like that, not him, obviously. Okay? Just need to say it. He speaks to us. Um, and, I, and I stole this from Mark Verkler. He speaks to us in personal prophecy. You heard him say, I can do that for you. I specifically asked him that I could, you know, do this business and be with my family at the same time. I can do that for you. He speaks in personal prophecy. He, he encourages us. You know, you're ready, Captain, right? He encourages us and he comforts us. Love you, right? Those, those, that's about it. But that'll do. Right? That's about it. It's those three things. If it's anything counter to those three things, it's likely not from him. All right. And then really, really important, 
you, you should have a little community that, you, that knows you, that gets to understand you. These become your spiritual buds. They know your heart. They know what you stand for. They know what you're trying to do. They know your struggles. They know your past. And they even heard some of your wounding stories and how you got healed from it. Like they know you, right? And then when, they, when you give them something, like I feel like the Lord is saying I should quit this job. Uh, why? Uh, because, you know, uh, I'm struggling with the family and whatever, what have you. And uh, yeah, man, I feel, let me pray, but I already know I feel like the Lord is all over this. He knows me. He knows my heart, right? These guys know me very, very well, right? Um, so two or three spiritual buds or pastors to really help you. Now, it's your choice because I know a lot of, in here, uh, we call and we say, hey, can you pray for me? I'm not sure whether I should do this. And uh, Pastor Tina, I think you have a team that, that kind of prays for people in those situations. It's your, it's, here's my thought all the time on this. Go meet the Lord every day. Work this thing out in your heart. Try to hear from him for sure. And if, if, if you heard from him, it's your choice whether or not you want to tell your spiritual buds exactly what the Lord told you. You can just go to them and say, hey, you know what? I feel um, like I need an answer. Would you pray for me? You don't have to tell them anything, even though you know the Lord's already told you. You see, because I think it sometimes gets to be a little lazy, right? When we just call and say, hey, I got to decide whether to do this or do that, right? Like, I mean, the Lord isn't interested. In, he wants to see you and speak to you every day. This is the game. This is what he wants. And this is where we need to go and get our answer before we come to the pastors and ask them to pray for us, okay? So it's your choice whether or not you want to tell them what the answer was, um, or whether or not you want to share your journals or not, right? I've, I've had people bring me their journals, read them, and I say, you know what? Yeah, I think that's the Lord. Or I say, something happened here near the end. I saw an idol come in here, right? You know, because we've been doing this for a while. We have that gift of discernment or, or whatever you want to call it. Now, um, I, do, I will warn you, though, it's dangerous um, when you start to reach out and ask people to do things contrary to what your journals are telling you to do. So I bring forth again, now Pastor Tina and Pastor Ian, and give you another story of discernment, right? And, and <laughs> um, this is just, this is three years ago, almost to the day. Oh, my goodness. No, three years ago and a little bit, it's about three and a half years ago or something like that. Trying, I had been off for about eight months on a ministry project, right? And I'm out walking every night, walking and talking. And I'm, out pr I'm praying every day, imagining treetops, talking to God, journaling. And, and you know what? He's telling me, stay home. This is exact opposite before. He's telling me, stay home, right? And I got a contract offer. And I don't want to take it. I'm kind of liking this life, right? I'm kind of liking ministry. I'm kind of liking this project. And I want to stay home. And you know what? My journal is filled with, son, this is, this is you. This is for you. You're going to be doing this. This is great. I'm really, I'm, I'm, Lord, I'm ready. Flushing the whole bank account, do what you need to do. I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to minister. All right, I've got my answer. Call my spiritual butts. Jenny and Pastor Tina and Pastor Ian. And Pastor Tina says, I think the Lord is saying you should take this contract. Right? And I'm saying, Pastor Tina, he's saying something completely different. Right? And I said to her, do you remember this? No, probably not. You get like a thousand calls a day. I, I have my journals. They are telling me that I am okay and he's allowing me to stay home and live this kind of a life from now on. Right? And now the three of them again. And they're all kind of telling me, no, no, you need to take this contract. Here, this is so important in the role of discernment, why we write these things down. 
she was so convinced. And I think we even had a, a separate meeting between you and I on a Sunday afternoon after service. We had a separate meeting where, you know, she was convinced. And convinced that my journals were saying the opposite. I went back and read my journals. I read, the, I read about, I don't know, maybe a month and a half, two months of journals, right? And um, I noticed that there was no time reference. There was no date reference. There was no now. There was no now is the time. There was, there was nothing like that anywhere. And I'm reading, I'm thinking, how did I conclude that now was the time, <laughs> right? The importance of writing these things down. Uh, and I thought, and I saw the pattern. So we had another meeting. I said, you know what, Pastor Tino, what if, and what if I'm supposed to stay in this for just a short period, a little bit longer, and then take a contract maybe in a month or two? And she said something like, sounds great. I think you should try that, right? Okay, a little bit easier said than done, because now I'm going to call this guy. He's got an offer on the table. He wants me to start in a week. And I'm going to say, I can't start for another six or seven weeks. I was kind of debating how long. But I said that to him based on this, all this discernment we had. And I said, you know what? I, I know it's gonna sound crazy, but I can't take it. I could take it only if I could start in a month and a half, right, in, in the middle of April. And he said, well, let me think about it. Okay, that'll work. <laughs> you know, after we made this conclusion, there's like days of me struggling. Should I say five weeks, six weeks, seven weeks? What should I say? Okay, no problem. So then, uh, you know, by the time that time came up, I wasn't ready. I called him again and said, uh, his name was Mike. I said, Mike, uh, I need like weeks. I can't start until the middle of May. So, oh, man, this is tough, man. You're putting me in a tough position, but I'll figure it out. Don't worry about it, right? I had like two or three extra months to figure, finish this project I was working on, right? Discernment is important. The community is important. Your pastors and your spiritual buddies are important need them but it really helps don't you think when you're seeking the lord every day yeah. right and this has led me into toronto this contract i've taken is you know what uh, it's given me the biggest thing i've ever done it's over a hundred million dollars i think we got 130 people on the project it's on multiple locations right and and they the vast majority report into me right and uh, i mean it's been a blast because i've been able to share the lord uh in very covert ways i think i talked about this last week um, so, uh, praise the Lord. Okay, what's next? I got to give you this story. I've been saying to you that uh, 17, I said 20 years ago, I started to try to do this prayer technique, and then 17 years ago, I committed to doing it daily. Something so, mis so massive happened in my life that really pushed me over the edge. You know, we make commitments, right? And I made that commitment to do it daily. Jenny bought me a journal book, and she saw that I was struggling. She bought me a journal book in 1999, January. And she said, you know, I know you want to do this if you start doing it. Like, here's your first book, right? And she bought it for me. And I was trying to do it, and it's January 1999, and I was uh, ministering. Just Actually, I didn't minister there yet. I just started this um, Pentecostal community in London, Ontario, in the inner city, and, and they, they dealt with a lot of homeless people and mental issues, and um, eventually I started to minister there, right? But my, my first seasons there... Um, I, I, I was trying to learn how to pray, and Jenny bought me this journal book, and um, the Lord pushed me over the edge. And I, wa I want to share this with you because he's so good. <laughs> um, um, it was just January, and Christmas time, um, you know, the girls, we got them gifts, and, and they, were, they were like, I don't know, how old, eight and four, nine, something like that. 
and they were fighting over these gifts. And I got really upset with them. They're little kids, right? And I got upset with them. I said, you know what you have? It was something like that. And Jen looked at me and said, Dom, right? And you know, during this time of Christmas, um, you know, I always felt like this uh, wounding um, that I had. Like my dad, and my dad and my relationship with him was not really great. He drank a little bit and, and stuff and you know, it doesn't, wasn't really affirming. It was tough. So um, at Christmas time, it seemed to always kind of surface. So it's January and um, I'm at this ministry. Night is over. They called us up for prayer. I went and um, sat down on a chair actually because we were short of catchers and whatever. So I sat in a chair and there was a guy before, in front of me and a guy behind me. And he said, what can I do for you? How can the Lord help you? I said, you know, my, man, my ankles are really sore. My knees are really sore. I actually had surgeries. And um, he, I'd just like you to pray for them, for healing. The guy from behind comes to the front and he says, you have to forgive your dad. I said to him angrily, <laughs> my dad died seven years ago. I said to him, those are exact words. My dad died seven years ago. He said, I know, you need to forgive your dad, right? And then he went behind me and he prayed for my feet or my ankles and my knees. He finished and I'm a little bit upset, <laughs> right? I don't know why, but I was upset. I was kind of, it's January, it's freezing cold. <laughs> I was, that was probably part of it. Um, so I go into the, um, I go into the, we're in a church, a very old abandoned church building with like regular pews and there was pews there, and I sat, and I started to pray. And I said, um, all right, I thought I'd done this already, but you know, Father in heaven, I forgive my dad um, for the bad things that you know, happened in our relationship, right? And uh, I'm sorry, I already said I'm sorry, right? He's the Lord, how he interjects. Wait, the moment I said that almost flippantly, I saw a picture of my dad in, in the throne room of heaven next to Jesus' throne on his knees going like this on the chair. Tell him I'm sorry. Get the message to him that I'm sorry. And in the chair like that, right? And I was wrecked. I started bawling my eyes out. I couldn't stop crying. I, I forgave my father for everything. And then I started repenting because I was just a nasty kid to him as well, right? So I started to repent, and I started to repent. Um, and this went on for a, a while. And was silent, and I sat there. And the Lord said, from this moment forward, I will be your father. And I started to cry again. And I heard that voice for really the very first time. I went home, I got that journal book that Jenny bought me, and uh, I tried to start to journal, right? And I knew already a lot of these techniques. I, like I said, I'd been trying them for a while, three, four years, but that night, um, I started to write. I went with the flow. Put it up here, Joseph. 17 years later, right? These are all my journal books. I can go through here. This is the beginning of it. I can go through that time when Pastor Tina or when Ian and Tina and Jenny told me I had to leave and quit my job and buy Bartimaeus 
on the Lord telling me I can do that for you. I can go through the journals of, of prayer and petition and tears to save Julia's life. Go through my entire life, my life with him. It's all here over and over and over again. It's those five techniques I showed you. One or the other, me being open to flow, starting the conversation, and trusting my hand to write. And I wrote, and I wrote, and I wrote, and I trusted it, and I discerned with it, you know? And I, and I, I, would, I would go at the end of the year, I would go into a book and I would start highlighting them. And I would see what the Lord did for me in this year before I prayed for my next year and what he wants me to do next year. What did you do for me this year? And I would would spend like two, three days just going through journals, highlighting these words, highlighting these things, seeing this pattern, seeing how he moved me, seeing how he took me, seeing how he did all that stuff for me. Ah, Pastor Ian, when when he introduced me, he said, this is my most favorite topic to talk on. I speak frequently. Um, No topic is even close to this, folks. Make a commitment. Meet him every day. Get a journal book. Write down every single thing. When you hear one little mm, feeling, picture, sound, anything, open that door, start the conversation. All right. Why do we do this? Remember Jeremiah chapter 33? He's gonna show you great and hidden things. And if he shows you those great and hidden things, he will increase your faith. And if he increases your faith, according to Matthew 17, 20, nothing would be impossible for you. But this was my, this was my go-to scripture. Delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. What does it mean to delight in the Lord? Everything we've talked about here in these last two nights. Delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know what I always say when I talk about that? First, he shows you the desires of your heart. And that takes many mornings. Because your desires start here, and they really are different once you kind of start to peel back the layers of the onion. Okay. Now, for all that, this is the best, the very last thing. I'm going to show you a clip. All right. There's nothing. The victories, the, the contracts won, and the contracts given up, and going to Kenya and just having a great time, all the things I've done um, and whatever, they're all cool, but nothing in the world compares to this. You sense his pleasure in you. And what I want to do now is show you a video clip of just a perfect example of the Lord pleasuring in us. Are we ready, uh, Tim? Or Tim had to bring the baby home like an hour ago. (laughs) Uh, Yes or no? Hey. Hey. What are you doing here? Just hanging out with some old friends. You knew all along, didn't you? You knew the dam was unstable. It hadn't been for the Ark, my family, the neighbors. I fought you every step of the way. Yes, but you did. So you had nothing to do with the flood? Like where the Ark landed exactly? I gave you a little shove at the end. Sue me. (laughs) You did good, son. You changed the world. No, no, I didn't. Well, let's see. Spending time with your family, made them very happy. Gave that dog a home. <laughs> right, so? So, 
How do we change the world? One act of random kindness at a time. One act of random kindness. Wow. <laughs> It's time. Do the dance. Care to join me? Jesus' mighty and powerful and glorious name. Amen. 